There are 15 million South Africans between the ages of 18 and 30. 15 million South Africans broadly considered youth. Youth, youth, not ANC youth, which is basically 15 under. And 5 million South Africans turn 18 this year and are eligible to vote in this year's national elections. There are another 8 million South Africans between the ages of 22 and 24. 15 million South Africans, that is 5 million more South Africans than all the South Africans who voted for the ANC in 2019, voted them into power. That was 10 million South Africans that year. In fact, 15 million South Africans is only 2 million less than all of the South Africans who voted in the last national election. 17 million people voted for all the different parties that year. Only 2 million less. There are 15 million true youth South Africans between the ages of 18 and 30 who are eligible to vote this year in the upcoming general elections. But only a fraction of them, a small fraction, are registered And only a small fraction of those even voted last time we had an election in 2021. So, why aren't the youth voting? It's a question that has been raged about on talk radio stations, written about in a bajillion think pieces in South Africa's news media. And I think that many of those write-ups and many of those talk radio shows have got it wrong. There are older people who are saying, ah, oh, the young people are lazy and they're apathetic and they don't care. And they just don't get it the way that we get it. We get it. They don't get it. They don't care. They don't care about democracy. I think that that is fundamentally wrong. And on this episode of The Issue with Dan Corder, we're going to explore what is actually going on amongst young South Africans. This is the issue with why young South Africans aren't voting. This is The Issue with Dan Corder, because we all know that South Africa is a movie. Welcome to The Watch Party. South Africa is wild and overwhelming, and on this show we explain, analyze, and understand the biggest news stories and issues facing this country every single week. Two episodes of The Issue come out every single week on podcast and also in video form on YouTube, and we also release weekly exclusive episodes of interviews and analysis on Patreon. Go find us there. Lastly, if you're new here and enjoy the episode, it would be so wonderful if you clicked subscribe or follow. It makes a huge difference as we develop the show going forward. Right, let's get into it. On Thursday, we witnessed or didn't witness the State of the Nation address by President Ramaphosa. It's the once a year check-in like status report update from the president that happens in February talking about where South Africa is and what the government is doing to try and make it a better place. And don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure I do know about you because the vast majority of South Africa's response to that was a massive shrug. It was like, same old, same old, we've heard this spin before. What's new, Mr. President? For me, it was it was less a state of the nation address than a state of the nothing address. Like, really? I mean, so nah, but like more like so nah. It just made me feel sick. That's, by the way, what nah means if you don't speak Afrikaans or at least don't know that word. It was just like, again, Mr. President, the same spiel about how we are basically, like it was really a pitch to voters to say vote ANC in the upcoming general election, which is not a surprise. But it's just this ANC line at the moment, which I don't think is convincing anybody, which is basically they've framed their pitch to South Africans as look at what we've done in the last 30 years, all the way back to 1994. So they've essentially, their pitch is, 
life is better for you in South Africa today, particularly as a black South African, uh, than in ninety uh, than pre nineteen ninety four election. To which we have to say a few things. The first one is, well, I should sure hope so because you're comparing yourselves with apartheid. If your comparison to try and prove that you've been a good government is with a racist, oppressive regime, then I'd sure hope that you're better than that time. But secondly, when the ANC lists all the ways that it's better for the average South African than during apartheid, and they're talking about electricity provision and water rollout and RDB houses, again, sure, if you've done even a little to that end, you've done more than the apartheid government did for the vast majority of black South Africans. But secondly, if we look at all the data... It's very clear to see that the great strides forward in all of this provision of crucial basic services to South Africans happened more than 15 years ago under Mandela's administration and Mbeki's administrations. And in the last 15 years, i.e. the 15 years where all of the people, the ANC people currently deployed as ministers and in positions of power, in the last 15 years where they have been the leaders, there's been total decay, rampant corruption, infrastructural collapse, the story that we all know about modern South Africa. And so it just doesn't feel like a convincing argument to basically say, look, the ANC has done some good in the last 30 years when most of the good was more than 15 years ago and the last 15 years have been an absolute omni-shambles. Omni meaning in every direction. An omni-shambles. So that's why the State of the Nation address felt like such a shrug. A disappointment, a non-event, just, and we all just there thinking, bored, And same old, same old. But let's talk about young people's response. People like me, 30 and under. If you're like me, 30 years old, born in 1993, the first time that you really started to become a self-aware person, like maybe in your teen years, start to have a sense of like what the discussion is across um, South Africa, what the mood is in the country, how the government is doing. Maybe it was in the 2000s. It was sometime in your teenage years, maybe late 2000s. And from that time... The bad times, the wasted years, as Ramaphosa hilariously calls them, even though he was deputy president during those wasted years, had already started. So once you became self-aware and clocked in or locked into the national debate, it was already on a downward spiral getting worse. Load shedding started in 2008, blackouts. Like, like it was already not good and getting worse. And so if you were a, a latter-day lol, latter-day millennial, like a latter-day saint like me, 30 years old, or, and born in the mid-early 90s, like that is your experience of the ANC in power. And if you're a Gen Z listener to the show, if you're like, you know, I'm a 2000, you have only got an experience once becoming self-aware of how awful it is to be in South Africa, particularly as a young person where the brunt of our major crises fall on you. Because For the youth in South Africa, we got the worst unemployment rate in the world for young people. Between 65 and 70% of young people cannot find employment. There is no way that they can create wealth for themselves, uh, advance their own lives, make them different and cause change. And so you would think that the youth of South Africa who've been dealt such a terrible hand and have only known negativity around the ruling party and what they have done in government their negligence, their corruption, their self-interest, their overseeing awful decay, you would think that we as young people would be desperate to vote, at least to vote for change, whether it's voting the ruling party out or just voting for them because you really believe that they have changed their ways and will actually take South Africa in a different direction is up to you. But you would think that young people would want to vote. And this is where the older generation say, young people don't care, young people are apathetic, young people don't get it, young people in some cases don't even know how democracy works, which is insane. Everybody knows that you vote 
and whoever gets the most votes gets into power and you want to vote for the person you want to vote for. Now, I did an interview for our Patreon subscribers with Mbali and Tuli. Epic interview. If you still don't know, if you, for less than 100 Rand a month subscription on Patreon, you just search the issue with Dan Corder. You get an expert interview every single week. And Mbali and Tuli, who you may know, uh, was a politician, a member of parliament for the Democratic Alliance for years before growing disillusioned with politics herself and then quitting the DA and has since then run this amazing organization called Groundwork Collective that goes around the country, tours around the country and gets all kinds of South Africans, tries to persuade them to vote. She and I spoke in this interview and she said something which I've suspected and which research has shown for a long time, which is that young South Africans aren't apathetic. We aren't uncaring. We are profoundly disillusioned. And that was what I felt and saw on Twitter and elsewhere, that sense of disillusionment after the latest State of the Nation address. This feeling of like, (sighs) it's hopeless. Life is rubbish. Our government is failing us. Nothing is changing. And that sense of disillusionment is why people don't register to vote. We're deeply caring. Of course we are. We're massively invested. We are the most affected by the government's policies because we're just simply going to be around the longest. We are going to bear the brunt of government policy and action or inaction for the longest time, much more than older generations. And yet it's not a feeling of apathy, of uncaring that Mbali has witnessed in her trying to talk to and convince thousands and thousands of South Africans across the country to sign up to vote, to register. It's disillusionment. It's what is the point? Because it seems like no matter how bad the ANC has been, nothing has changed. And I will say that maybe this election will be different because there have been fairly impressive or at least relatively good registration stats or at least new signups coming out from the Independent Electoral Commission in the last week. And if you haven't registered to vote, please just go do so. It takes less than 10 minutes of your time. It's all online. Elections.org.za. That's the website. It's the IEC's website. Go Google it, click on the link, go register to vote. But when we talk about why young people aren't voting, it's the disillusionment. It's the feeling of we've been roundhouse schneid and there's no potential for change because the ANC just keeps winning. And ironically, the data actually suggests that uh, young people are not apathetic at all. In fact, the young people of today are extremely tapped into political issues that are going on in South Africa and the world. Extremely hyper-engaged. And the main reason why is TikTok, because Twitter used to be the place where people really spoke and really talked a lot about political issues and discourse. But Twitter's always had an extremely small usership that's outsized or like overly influential based on the numbers because, you know, politicians and journalists used Twitter to do discourse, but a very, very small number of people. Whereas TikTok has become the mass, mass, mass social media for younger people, videos that allow people to engage and think and watch and listen to what they're interested in, and also to be content creators themselves to get their opinions and thoughts out in a way to a way greater extent than a Facebook or a Instagram and Instagram has ever been able to do. And if you look at young people now, they are switched on in schools. A great example is the Israel-Palestine crisis, the disaster taking place in the Middle East, in Gaza and beyond. Look at all of the young people learning so much, knowing so much in their spare time, even in school, high school, who know so much about that issue. And there are many issues like that that young people are really latching onto and engaging with. Even further than that, look at the participation by young people in their communities through NGOs, through religious organizations, outreach organizations to try and improve their communities. 
Look at all the young people rocking up for and even coordinating service delivery protests, university protests, like such as Fismas for a handful of years ago. There are young people rocking up and fighting on particular issues. But young people in South Africa are not fighting for and resonating with political parties and political party issues. Political parties are seemingly struggling to galvanize young people to rock up for them, support them, engage with them, activate and be activists for those causes of political parties. And that seems like more of a problem than of political parties than it seems of the young people who are clearly rocking up and fighting for and trying to cause a difference in their communities on issues in a moment where TikTok and the likes has made young people arguably even more engaged and knowledgeable and exposed to massive issues facing South Africa and, and the world than ever before. And that speaks to something else. It speaks to not just a problem of the ANC, but of the entire South African political establishment. And that's other, the big opposition parties too, and the smaller ones. Because the f- sad fact of the matter is, there are 15 million young South Africans and most of them want change. Most of them would prefer a different kind of country with more jobs, more basic services, and more hope with greater potential to make their lives better. And as much as the ANC has failed them, I cannot help but believe that the opposition has failed them too. Because, you know, I've become, I guess, famous for this in the country in the last uh, few weeks for saying the ANC has given so much material, so much grounds to the opposition to be able to go to voters and say the ANC sucks, vote for an alternative, vote for us. If this was a 100-meter race, they've given... Like the ANC has given the opposition an 80 meter head start. Like genuinely, what more do they need to win starting just 20 meters short of the finish line with the ANC starting on the start line 100 meters back? And yet the ANC keeps winning. That is crazy. And the only reasonable thing to assume is that the opposition is suffering a fundamental lack of talent. Like their leaders are clearly not inspiring, not galvanizing, not charismatic. The fact that the leader the biggest, the lead opposition party, the DA, can barely get 20%. The fact that the third biggest political party, the EFF, which is not a new party anymore, it's been around for 10 years or longer. The fact that the EFF at the last general election couldn't even get 20%, got much less than that, speaks to a lack of ability from opposition parties to convince people, and particularly young people, to register to vote for change when the ANC has given them so much material to convince people to vote them out of power and go with an alternative. And that is a big crisis that the opposition, the establishment opposition, needs to reckon with seriously. How can it be that not a single opposition party has been able to mount a credible challenge to the ANC's dominance that keeps the ANC up at night? The ANC is projected to get 50% in this election or around 50% of the vote, which would be a disaster for them because it would mean based on the 57% they got last time, they'd have to lose like a million voters. But the fact that the most powerful opposition predictions are that the DA will get 21% is really not good. Like an Ipsos poll came out last week. You can listen to it on the last episode of the issue that we did saying that the ANC on a medium turnout might get 45%, which would be nightmare scenario for the ANC. But still, only 45 the way that they've performed, not lower than that? There has to be a problem that the opposition has to talk about. And to be fair, it might be different this time. So I was on Daily Teta, which is um, a TV show that happens every uh, morning, I think Monday to Thursday on SABC, where they talk about the big issues. And I, I made this argument that the opposition is suffering a fundamental lack of talent. And there were some opposition parties there, newer ones like Rise and and Bossa, who got quite miffed with me. And I had to tell them, I'm not talking about you. You guys didn't compete in the last election. 
And hopefully, the new political parties, these brand new ones, for the first time in South African history that seem to be mounting a credible, you know, disruption, I don't think they're going to do tremendously well, but even a 4-5% debut is very impressive for an opposition party doing their first national election. The Patriotic Alliances, the Action SAs, the Rizemzanzis, the Bosas, all these new ones, hopefully they will be able to galvanize some people to vote for them. And hopefully they will do better than the establishment opposition has been able to do in the past. But I think we as South Africa must have a serious conversation about the fact that it's not the voters' fault if you've not inspired them to vote out a terrible, terrible ruling party. You've got to have some self-reflection, establishment parties, especially if in this upcoming election you don't improve your performance. So the next reason why young people aren't voting, supported by data and research and confirmed by people like Mbali and Tuli, who've been on the ground speaking to so many people, not campaigning for a political party or formation, but just uh, campaigning to get people to get engaged and to actually participate and register to vote and vote. The other thing is that young people are looking at their political options and not seeing anybody who understands them. Like, think about this. I told you, 15 million people between the ages of 18 and 30 are eligible to vote. And the median age, so median is a kind of average. And what it says is, of all the people measured, what is the most common age for a person in South Africa to have? It turns out the largest group by age of South Africans is 27-year-olds. So that youth that desperately want change are facing terrible joblessness and insecurity and hopelessness in their futures. The median age is 27. Now look at our political establishment. The vast majority of leaders right now are in their 50s. In fact, I think Fikile Mbalula was described as a spring chicken in politics by Gwede Mantashe, and Mbalula is in his 50s. Like, even in the opposition parties, it's rare to find a genuinely powerful front-facing campaign leader who's in their 40s. And then you think to yourself, of course young people aren't resonating with these guys, because there's been a radical shift in the experience of being young in the last 20 years. Think about TikTok. Think about Uh, social media. Think about the joblessness crisis. Think about the experience of being South African and having never lived during apartheid. All of this makes young people have a fundamentally different experience of life from older people. So that means if you want to persuade somebody to vote for you, you've got to meaningfully represent them. You've got to make them feel like they are seen, heard, understood, and you're championing their interests from a common place to them. And major political parties are not pulling that off. They're clearly not doing that for young people. I mean, like in the ANC, like they're ancient, respectfully, like in broader society, once you hit 60 or 65, you're encouraged into retirement, you are thanked and acknowledged for the work that you've done in your life. But also you are like everybody understands that you're probably quite quickly going to get less good at your job and your work methods and experiences are a little bit outdated. So maybe you should just retire, not in politics, honestly, like like where everybody else is moving towards an old age home or a retirement community, you're coming into your prime as a politician in this country, but the vast majority of people who you want to vote for you are under the age of 30. Like, come on. And I don't believe that young South Africans are hoping for a 27-year-old president. I don't think anybody's calling for that, but at least someone in their 30s, someone who has a vaguely closer experience of life to them, those in their 20s, will probably do really well really quickly In South African politics, young people don't feel represented by the South African political establishment. And lastly, the big point that comes up over and over again in the research and amongst people who speak to young people who they're trying to persuade to register to vote is that South African politics is so messy. Think about the SONA this year, the SONAR. Let's go back to it. Many people said it was so boring. 
uneventful. Why? Because the EFF major leadership was banned from attending because they disrupted and stormed the stage at the last days of the nation address. Now, like as a young person or as any person, you look at that and you think, are our politics so childish or unprofessional or so messy? What is inspiring about a squabble about whether or not a political party can attend because of such bad disruptions in the past? You look at the last two years, failed coalitions in major cities because opposition parties have squabbled, petulantly disagreed with each other, dragged each other in public, opted out of coalitions when they felt like it, when it wasn't in their interest, and fundamentally failed the voters in those municipalities because service delivery isn't reliable. People in different MEC positions can't build long-term projects because their party will fall out of power or a coalition will break over the most petulant, infighting, squabbling public nonsense, not just within parties, but between parties. Messy. Then you look at like KZN, where there are awful political killings happening seemingly every week. And you as a voter think, why would I vote for any of these people? None of these people are inspiring me. None of these people feel like the adults in the room who I want to trust with my vote to represent me. So broadly, those are the major reasons why young South Africans aren't voting. And the hope is that some or other political parties are able to start acting differently and quickly to inspire and galvanize young people to really make them feel like they have voices in the room and representatives on the floor in parliament. Because at the moment, they're just not doing so. And again, it's not apathy, it's disillusionment. And it's not their fault. It's really the failings of the political establishment so far, 2024 election might be different, to persuade them at all to feel like they should bother with voting. So that's the issue with why young people are not voting. Thank you so much for listening. And I really encourage you to go check out Patreon if you haven't before, specifically because Mbali Tuli is the expert interview who I've mentioned already on this episode, who we spoke to this week. It's up there on Patreon for subscribers for less than 100 Rand a month. You get an expert interview once a week. It's really great. And Mbali speaks at length about all of these issues that she's experienced, all of these conversations that she's had with thousands of young people across South Africa and all the people trying to explain and persuade them why they should register to explain to them why they should register to vote and through those conversations she's learned so much about where the South African voters head is at she also speaks a lot about how we South Africans can participate in our democratic system outside of voting every four or five years about how South Africa is one of the most participatory democracies in the world which is amazing there are so many ways that you can get involved on a local level to make sure that there's more accountability in your area better service delivery and you are able then to shape and make the life that you want for yourself and your community so go check it out thank you Mbali for that epic epic interview it's up on Patreon otherwise we'll see you on Thursday because on the issue with Dan Quarter every Thursday we release News Worth Knowing which is a roundup of three big super interesting consequential and important stories facing South Africa from the last seven days so have a beautiful week and we'll see you then <laughs>